Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. This is going to be a great one. I am joined by Jake Mintz, Jordan Schusterman, to talk a little bit of draft preview, futures game preview. But at first, a little bit of an update. What's happening with the Yankees? Is this where it all falls apart? Probably not, but I'm going to discuss their little bit of a slip. Let's get into it. This is going to be a lot of fun. Let's go. It's a pullout. It's an 10-3. He swings and it's a high fly ball, deep center field, it is gone, home run, and a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. The New York Yankees. That's where I want to start. That's where I need to start. This team that has been the best team in baseball all year long has had everybody talking about them. They've been on a historic pace to win more games potentially than anyone ever. Well, they just lost the series to the Reds. And they have now lost three of four um, it's just not going great for them anymore. They're the, it's the sixth time in MLB history that a team with a winning percentage below 400 won a road series against an opponent with a winning percentage above 700, at least 50 games into the season. So, not great. What is going on? This team that was on pace to win more than any game ever is now just three and a half games ahead of the Houston Astros. It seemed like just a week, a week ago, we were talking about the Yankees winning more games than the 2001 Mariners. Could it happen in the AL East, which is the best division in baseball? How great is this team? Well, fast forward one week. They lose a series to the Reds. They're now just three and a half games ahead of the Astros for the number one seed in baseball. So what's going on? Do I want to overreact? No, I do believe they are a very good baseball team. I do believe that they will win the AL East. Will they win the number one seed? I don't know. I've been saying all year long that the American League runs through the Houston Astros, and I still believed that a week ago. I believed it a month ago, and I believe it now. The New York Yankees have a Houston Astros problem. Have the Yankees been the best team in baseball this year? Yes, undoubtedly so. But now we're seeing a little bit of a weakness in them. Just a little bit of a struggle for almost the first time this year since the first week or two of the season. And at that point, they just went on a tear. But now they're losing a series at home to the Reds. Where did that come from? How is that happening? The back end of the bullpen that has been so good all year long. Clay Holmes has been phenomenal. He has been the best reliever in baseball up until the last few weeks. Now, you have Edwin Diaz entering that conversation, certainly. Edwin Diaz has punched out more than half of the batters he's faced this year, which is just insane. Um, But of late, Clay Holmes hasn't been as good. Clay Holmes entered this week with only one blown save and a 0.46 ERA. 0.46 in the middle of July. Now, this week, he blew two saves, 
His ERA jumped to an astronomical 1.34. No, his ERA is still good, but he blew two saves on the week, which he hadn't blown two all year. Now as the RA jumps, he allowed four earned runs in the ninth inning to the Reds on Tuesday. They entered the ninth inning up 3-0 against the Cincinnati Reds, who are the third worst team record-wise in all of baseball. And Clay Holmes, who had been phenomenal all year, gives up four at home. They lose the game. This was my concern with the Yankees all along. They're going to rake. Aaron Judge is going to be in the MVP conversation all year long. He's going to get close to 55, 60 home runs. We know that offense is really good. Even with the slow start to the year of Josh Donaldson, even with Joey Gallo not being great, to put it politely, they've still got a dominant offense. My concern has been the bullpen. And yes, you've had Clay Holmes step up and been the best reliever in baseball to a certain point, which helps. But then when he's not... Obviously, we're going to come back to a mean a little bit, and he's still a great pitcher. He throws 100-mile-an-hour sinkers. It's disgusting. But they need other guys. Aroldis Chapman isn't the Aroldis Chapman that we've all known and been accustomed to over the course of the last five, ten years. That's not him anymore. He comes in games now in the sixth inning for the Yankees, and he struggles to throw strikes. They need help. They need help in the bullpen. They need help outside of Michael King and Clay Holmes. They have bullpen issues. The starting pitchers, can they be as good as they were in the first half of the year? Look, I I would love to see it, but you you can't tell me a rotation outside of Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole wasn't even their best starter for most of the year so far. But outside of him is a rotation of Jamison Tyon and Nestor Cortez and Jordan Montgomery and Severino is now hurt. Can this rotation keep it up all year that they did in the first half? No, just the realist in me says no. So then you start looking at some serious pitching concerns for the New York Yankees, and it starts in the bullpen. Obviously, Clay Holmes will be fine. Michael King is dominant. But they do have some weaknesses. And over the course of the last week, we just started to see that the New York Yankees are not perfect. They've been perfect this year. And this week, we saw that perhaps they're not perfect. Perhaps the Astros are just as good as them. The thing we do know is there are two clear best teams in the American League. And then there's a bunch of teams that are really good after them. But the two clear best teams are the New York Yankees and the Houston Astros. We got to see them play five games over the course of a week and a half recently, and you couldn't have asked for any more. You couldn't ask for a better ALCS if we get it. There's not often in baseball that you can say, that's the matchup we're heading to in the in the championship series. But in the American League, we have two clear best teams in baseball in the, in the league, and it's the Astros and it's the Yankees. And now the Yankees are coming back to earth a little bit. Will they be fine? Yes. Am I worried about the New York Yankees? No, not at all. But the Yankees are allowing 6.3 runs per game over their last seven games after allowing three on the dot, 3.0 in their first 82 games. They need to rely on their pitching. We know they're going to hit, but that rotation is why they were so good in the first half. Now Severino has some concerns. You know, you start hearing arm issues, whether it be minor or not, that starts to concern me. Clay Holmes isn't going to be perfect all year long. You can't expect him to be perfect. You need help 
in the bullpen. The Yankees are human. They are not perfect, and they are coming back down to earth a little bit. So keep locked in on the New York Yankees. That is my storyline for this episode. I'm excited to get to what we're going to get to with the, the draft preview and the Futures game preview, but I had to talk about them because the best team on planet Earth can't lose a series to the Cincinnati Reds at home and blow a bunch and blow a save and lose games in different ways. So the Yankees have slowed down their pace a little bit. Can the Houston Astros catch them? We shall see. The Yankees are human. Now let's get to the fun part of this show. I am excited to be joined today and we're going to talk about a few things, but all-star game is here. All-star game week. We all know home run derby Monday. All-Star Game Tuesday, but there is so much, and I told you, I promised you throughout the week, we were going to have a lot of stuff to bring you, and it's going to start today. There's a Futures Game, there's a draft show, and we're going to talk all about that in this episode. Who can you expect to be the number one overall pick? We're going to talk to Jake and Jordan about that. Who should I have my eyes on in the Futures Game? Because the Futures Game, you will be seeing these guys in the major leagues, and it will be very, very soon. So, Keep your eyes on that. We will talk about some players. We will talk about the draft, and I am excited to get to that. So let's get to it now. All right, now it is time for some draft preview, some futures game preview. This is one of the biggest baseball weekends that there ever is. This is huge, but it's not just the Home Run Derby. It's not just the All-Star Game. There is plenty going on, and it starts this weekend with the draft and with the futures game. And to talk about that, I would like to welcome on set some good friends, some great writers for MLB on Fox, Jake Mintz. Jordan Schusterman of Cespedes wow. Family Barbecue. Wow. I am excited to have you guys out here. Jake has wow. the best mustache of any writer we have. Jordan is the biggest Mariners fan of anybody that I know, and I am pumped to welcome these guys out. So, guys, thanks for thanks for having me. us oh, over. This so is lit. It's like being on Oprah. This is crazy. Dude, I, mean, I get compared entrance. to her often, actually. <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're thrilled to be here. This is, this is a quite a good setup you got. So. Thank you. And let's start with the draft, which takes place on Sunday, correct? You guys will be there, I oh, hear. Yeah, yeah. We'll hoping be, to get oh, picked. Yeah. Dumb question. Hoping to get picked. <laughs> we'll see about that. No, okay. it's Sunday, maybe day two or three. <laughs> okay. Not happening on Sunday. This is the year, Ben. So it won't be first overall, but I, I do want to start there. Let's talk about what everybody wants to know, because mm. I feel like college baseball isn't as big yet as some other sports, but it's getting more and more popular. A big reason for that, I think, is you don't see the guys immediately sure. in the big leagues. You don't see them get drafted, and next thing you know, they're your starting quarterback on your favorite team. It takes a little while. So everybody will get to know who the first overall pick is. So, Jake, I want to start with you. Who do you think has the best opportunity to be taken first overall? So the Orioles are picking first, and... Your it's Orioles. My favorite baseball team. And if you talk to people around the industry, no one has any idea what they're going to do. Wow. I don't even think the Orioles know right now as we live and breathe in this moment. But you know. But I know because I can. <laughs> I have the That's So Raven like into the future yeah. power. Um, there are a couple names that are in the mix for the first overall slot. I would say there's Brooks Lee, who's a college shortstop out of Cal Poly in California. There's a high school second baseman named Tamar Johnson from the Atlanta area. And then, of course, Drew Jones, the son of... Of Andrew Jones, also from the Atlanta area. One of your favorite players. Drew Jones is from the Atlanta area as well. Yes, he is. And now he's probably like the consensus best dude available because the draft is so weird and funky and there's ways to save money and spend that money later on in the draft. 
he might not go number one overall to the Orioles. So I feel like Drew Jones, of the names you just mentioned, when people hear the draft this year, he's the name I he's feel like everybody yeah, yeah. knows. So there is a legitimate chance that he does go first overall? Yeah, there, I would say there's a, a definitely a good shot right yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when, when you are have established yourself as the clear talent, kind of the way that Adley Rutschman had you know, a few years ago when the Orioles did take him number one. He was clearly the best player in the draft. And so I think some people say, yeah, it's obvious. It's Drew Jones. Sure, he might come with a big signing bonus, but when you're that good and you are arguably that much better than everyone else in the class, and I love some of these other players, then yeah, it wouldn't be that great. I'm not going to be surprised if Drew Jones goes number one. But this happened last year, right? The Pirates had the number one pick. A lot of people thought they were going to take either Jordan Lawler or Marcelo Meyer, both of whom were high school shortstops. They ended up zagging at the last moment and took a catcher from Louisville named Henry Davis. So like the MLB draft is super weird. You really don't know what's going to happen. And I think you are right that part of the reason it's not quite as popular as the other drafts is that there's just this weird gap of time, right? Between when a player is picked and when they show up at the stadium playing for your favorite team in the big leagues. Can we expect any similarities between Drew Jones and Andrew Jones, Jordan? Uh, yes, they both have Drew Jones. <laughs> any in their similarities name. on the field? Okay. No. You can't spell Andrew Jones without Drew Jones. And and you know you, you, this is not going to shock you, but he's pretty good in center. He's a pretty mm. good outfielder. I know that might, but I know, <laughs> hold on, I don't want to go too crazy. Uh, but yes, you know, obviously he's he's an elite defender. But the reason he's number one in the class is because the bat has come along so fast, so quickly, um, and, and just to a degree where it's like he's now showing you know plus hit tool, plus power. When you combine that with you know plus defense and center, also just look at him. He already looks like you know a big league level you know player yeah. body, right? Even for a high schooler. And so that's really what, you know, has him stand out of everyone else. So of course, he's a good center fielder. He's also had some sick videos go viral. Like, yeah. we're starting to see more and more high school videos mm-hmm. of baseball players. Yes. Thank God. We've seen yes. high school videos, and now we're seeing Drew Jones hitting bombs and pimping homers. It's yes. sick. We were literally talking about that as we walked over here, yeah. about how this is the first generation of player that, of, of like, of baseball player in a long time that wants to be famous and yeah. wants to be notable. Baseball I call it, it. I I think we, you and I might have talked about this at some point, but like the Derek Jeter effect, right? Where Jeter was very much not a me guy. And he created this sense of kind of in baseball culture of dampening down your own personality for the sake of the team. And, you know, there are are pros to that and there are obviously negatives to that in terms of growing the game. This generation grew up with Instagram. That's a big deal, right? They were on their phones all the time. Ah. And these kids want to be seen and they want to be online. And like, I think that's actually good for the game. It's a big deal. And I think it's massive for the game of baseball because you mentioned Jeter and it continued on with a guy like Mike Trout, who is one of the greatest to ever play, but he doesn't care to be that guy in front of the camera. And he just just wants to ball. And that's fine. That's cool. But like these kids in this draft, Jones is a great example of that. Like he, okay. Andrew Jones has more Instagram followers than like Matt Olson. Like, big league all-stars <laughs> right now. Like, he's Good. already more popular than these guys online. Okay, so moving on to some other players. There's other players in this draft that do have some affiliation with big league all-stars of the past. Sure. Matt Holiday's son is involved in this draft. Talk a little bit about Jackson Holiday and how good or yeah. how, you know, where you think he could possibly go. Is he the real deal? He might even be another one that you could see at the very top with the Orioles, but certainly oh, wow. in that top five mix. Last summer, you know, there were a lot, by the way, you know, Carl Crawford's son, Justin Crawford yeah. is in this class. Um, you know, Lou Collier's son, uh, Cam Collier's son, like a lot of former big leaders, but Jackson Holiday is interesting because he was more in that back of the first round mix by the end of last summer after all the showcases. And then this spring, he just went crazy, setting all kinds of Oklahoma high school state records, sitting over 600. He's got 18 homers. He's unbelievable. And then I was like, oh, wait, 
he's going to be a top five pick. So that's that's how quickly it can happen. And when you have you know the bloodlines, and then you have the performance, and then you have just you know that kind of senior season. That's what a top five. He'll be top five. Like. Yeah, he'll yeah. be top five. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I would caution with the bloodlines is just because an older brother perhaps throws 100 doesn't yeah. mean that the younger brother might. But offspring might be a little different. Yeah, maybe. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Offspring yeah. Might, might be a little yeah. different. Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe. Um, I want to talk about some other guys that you guys are certainly interested in. Cam Collier yeah. is a stud. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about Cam. So what's really interesting about Cam Collier is how young he is. So Bryce Harper did this thing when he came out of high school where he got his GED after his sophomore year of high school, went to a junior college as a 17-year-old and was drafted essentially a year earlier than he would have. And was raking in a junior college at 17 years old. In Nevada and in a wood bat league, right, to show scouts that you're proficient with that. Collier is really the first guy to do that since Harper at this scale. So he was in an Atlanta high school, got his GED, went to Chipola in Florida, which is one of the top JUCOs in the country, and was really, really impressive there as a 17-year-old. But what he did that's even more interesting, he went to the Cape this summer. He spent a month on the Cape Cod, or in the Cape Cod League, like which is the best summer league in baseball. Yeah. He, yeah. he held his own against kids and who Cape were five Cod years old. Cape Cod is the it. elitist of elite college yep. baseball yep. talent. So yep. if you're performing, if you're even in the average there, yeah. Yeah. you're doing, you're going to get drafted. And he was raking as a 17-year-old there. And so he'll be a top 10 pick. Super interesting path. And I did it, you know, I, I interviewed him last week just to, whose idea was this, right? How, who came up with the idea to kind of reclassify and graduate early? And yeah, he was like, well, my dad was a big leader. He saw the talent in me at a young age. He let me know this was a possibility. And Cam is the type of guy talking to him on the phone. You know, when you talk to someone who's like a teenager and you're like, oh wait, no, you're 28 on the inside. That's exactly what Cam <laughs> Collier was like. Like that's 100% that kind of guy. And he was very mature, very impressed with him. Taylor Trammell went to the same high school. Oh wow. Um, and Taylor told me a great story that he got a call from their coach who was like, hey, we got this kid, this freshman, his name's Cam, like, he's pretty good, like, I want you to come see him. And Taylor says to me, like, you know, like, people say that all the time, right? Like, right. oh, there's this kid at the high school, like, he's you gotta come see bro, him, he's gonna be me. all right. Sure, sure, and Taylor, right. like, shows up at the high school, like, whatever. And he sees the kid take one swing, he's like, oh, oh, no, that's a, <laughs> that's a top 10 pick. <laughs> that's great. Uh, another name that everybody is familiar with, Kumar Rocker, but not everybody is familiar with what transpired from last year's yeah. draft sure. to now. He is actually in this year's draft again. Talk a little bit about the transition from last year and how we got to where we are now and where can where can we expect him to go this year? Well, he had so much fun last year. He just wanted to run it back. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, this yeah. was sick. I got to yeah. do this again. Yeah. He was drafted yeah. by the New York Mets he last was. year, he early was. in the first round, and now... Well, not early enough, right? So not early when, enough. When, we, when we got there on draft night, you know, back in, in, in Denver, we we were all expecting. I think most people tuning in last year was like, this is, of course, Kamar Rocker. He's going to be in the top five. Right, he didn't go. Five, so, six, yeah. seven, eight, nine. We're all looking getting, around like, what, he's what's going Brady on? Quinned. Yeah, like, what's going on, right? <laughs> like, where, where is he going to go? So the Mets take him at 10, and then after, they, they don't come to a deal. There's disputes over their medicals. They didn't, they, obviously, he was asking for a big number. What was the dispute over it. his medicals? So this is way more complicated than we have time <laughs> to get into. But we, all you need to know is that uh, players submit differing levels of medical information going into the draft pitchers, especially. It's not super uncommon. Um, but in his case, in, in particular, and the way that he was pitching down the stretch, there were some people that just watched and said, ah, he's probably not quite right. His velo was down. His velo was, yeah. was dipping. But uh, eventually, the Mets, what they did see after they did the post-draft, you know, physical, they said, we don't like what we see. Now, we don't know what that means exactly, right? And right. different teams, doctors are going to see different teams, different players' medicals and think different things. You open any pitcher's arm up, you're going to find something oh, yeah. in there you don't like. Yeah. The, but the point is, is that the Mets decided we would rather just punt on this, which is 
terrible strategy in my opinion, and get our compensation pick next year. They have two picks in the first round this year instead of take the risk and give Rocker, you know, two, three, four million dollars. Now, obviously, that's a huge disappointment for everybody. Disappointment for the kid. It's really unfortunate that Rocket had to kind of sit out the season. Yeah. That's um, what's the most unfortunate is, right? Yeah. If, yeah. You, if you get drafted and you don't sign with the team that drafts you, the team doesn't really lose anything, right? They get a pick the following year. Sure. I mean, there, there's a reputation hit and whatever. But for Rocker, he just has to wait an entire year to re-enter the draft, and he's re-entering this year, and people think he'll be in the back half of the first round. Yeah, so, but it's still, he's still sort of a mystery. I mean, he did pitch an independent ball a little bit and looked pretty good. Uh, there was some reporting he did have a shoulder, minor shoulder oh, uh, no. surgery. At the minor, of, Ben. Last season, no, I'm, I'm kind of with you too. Anything but hey, you, I would rather hear elbow than yes. shoulder. I, I totally hear that, um, but he showed enough uh, pitching on the, you know, over the last uh, few weeks in independent ball where the stuff was looking good again. There are still a lot of questions here. Now, here's the only thing I know. The Mets are taking him again. <laughs> other, than that. That, other than that, I have no idea where Rocker's going to go, and I'm, I'm fascinated to see. Man. Okay, so that's the draft, which takes place Sunday. Yep. You guys will be there. Oh, yeah. Saturday, later this afternoon, Futures game. You guys live for yes. this and these players, and I absolutely love it. So I want to talk about the Futures game. People watching at home. What can they expect, just before we get into players, the Futures game? What makes you guys so excited about the Futures game? Well, first of all, I'm really glad. You know, last year it was so much craziness to move the draft to All-Star Week for the first time and doing the Futures game and the draft on the same day. It was a long day. It was super fun. But I'm glad that this event yeah, has its yeah. own day again. I still feel like it should be even more, you know, highlighted than it is. Yeah. You know, there's still going to be some major league regular season games yes. going on. But still, I love this event because, I mean, this is the future. And when you go back and you look at the rosters of these teams, even from last year, we had Julio Rodriguez in the game last year, right? And Julio's, <laughs> He's a know, big league All-Star. Julio, He's here yeah. again. Julio, Julio is still younger than ha more than half the players in the Futures game. <laughs> you know, shouting, shouting him out for that. But but you know, it's if you look at those rosters like that, it's it's not that far into the future, right? It's not like the draft, right? It's if you like look the at the draft, top ten of yeah. a draft, it's oh well, how many of these guys turn into right. something? The futures game, if you want to see the next generation of baseball, that's what you have to tune So the futures game is almost like if we watch the first round of the NFL draft, you're gonna draft a stud, you're gonna be in the NFL soon. Yep. Yep. When you watch the futures game, yep. you're watching studs, they will be on your favorite 100%. team soon. Yep. Hundred percent, and and that's what that's what makes it so exciting because they've proven things. These are guys generally that are already high on prospect lists that are prospect lists that have performed in the minor leagues, and there are some super fun names as always. I mean, it's no surprise, but man, I'm I'm really excited for for Saturday's game. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Let's start. Anthony Shortstop, Anthony Volpe. Yeah. Stud. Where, where, what can we expect from him? So the thing that's so interesting about him, right, is like, think about Derek Jeter. And think okay. about how many kids in like the New York area lied in their beds at night dreaming of one day being Derek Jeter. It's like millions of people. It's a lot of in people. In the New York area, dreamt of being on the Yankees I'm one from day. the Richmond area, and I grew up <laughs> wanting to Of course. Yeah, you know. it's That's what I'm saying. <laughs> New York. Yeah. yeah, dude. Even beyond it. But like, just what that, how many people wanted to be that. And it's so hard to make the minors or make the bigs or whatever. Right. It's even harder if you're from a place like New York, yeah. where I live, where it's cold and there aren't many fields and whatever. Anthony Volpe is the one person 
who is living that reality. He's living the dream of not just his own dream, but the dreams of every diehard Yankees so fan cool. in the New York area. Volpe is from New Jersey, about 45 minutes southwest of, of Yankee Stadium. Had Yankee posters plastered on his wall as a kid. That's so cool. And was drafted by them in the first round. Was like, in 2019, was fine in 2019. Pandemic happens, I don't know if you saw. Uh, heard can't, about it. Heard about we it. played a lot of MLB The Show we did. together yes, during we did. that pandemic. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I gave my PS4 away at this point. No, it was too much. Um, comes back out of uh, 2020 and looks like a completely different player. Okay. So much more power. He, when he was drafted, it was like, oh, well, he's, you know, he's got bat-to-ball ability. He's a good defender, skills over tools type guy. Comes back, and he's just crushing the ball. 2021, goes up to double A, or sorry, reaches a high A, one of the goes from unranked to like one of the best prospects in baseball. And now he's in double A, had a really rough start to the year, mm -hmm. last month and a half, electric. Yeah. Best part, the double A affiliate for the Yankees is in Somerset, New Jersey. 15 minute drive from where he grew up, from his home. Like it's literally no his house. Way. And he's yeah. staying That's at home. So cool. <laughs> staying at home with his parents and commuting from like it's for pretty, there to the pretty art. sick summer job for, yeah. for Volpe. Yo, dude, what are you doing this summer? Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm going lines. Oh, I'm on the Yankees double-A team. Yeah, but I don't have to leave to go play in the Futures game. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to stay with my mom, save back. some meal money. <laughs> but there was a double-edged sword to that, right? So, like, Ben, imagine if, if your, you know, second stop on the minor league journey, third stop, was at home in Richmond. And, like, you were the guy and everyone is coming out oh, and, like, so watching cool. you, right? Yeah. And it's... There's a, just a very unique amount of pressure. There's no more pressure-filled minor league baseball experience. It doesn't exist. No, I agree. Shortstop, top prospect, Yankees from the area. All your friends are home from the summer watching you. And it kind of drained on him a little bit at the beginning of the year. It has to. I remember when I was playing in Lakeland, um, there are double-A double right fielder. So we, our double-A team was in Erie. Our double-A yeah. right fielder went down, got hurt, looked bad. They call our manager, I get called in, it's like, hey, we're not sure yet, but you're probably gonna be going up to double A to play. I look at the schedule, that next series is against Richmond. I'm like, this would be the coolest thing of all time. And right. I already started getting nervous for it because I mean, the place, it's the Giants affiliate, but the place would be rooting for me, which would be the coolest thing of all time. Yeah. And then like the next day, they're like, hey, it's just a slight tweak. He's gonna be fine. JK, you know, well. Just stay. And <laughs> you like, were already thinking about it. Yeah, though. I was, I was yeah. like, okay, cool. But so. he, he has this every night, right? He exactly. has people right. asking for tickets. He has, you know, jerks like me coming down from New York City to ask him questions before he's trying to play games. Yeah. There's the media circus at a double-A park, which is super unique. They have a bump in ticket sales just because he's there, <laughs> yeah. right? It's it's a big, big deal, and he'll right. be in the Futures game. And, like, you know, I mean, he's a shortstop for the Yankees. Like, he's going to matter, right? Super smart kid, really impressive player. I don't know if he's, like, Tatis, Acuna, you know, Troy Tulowitzki level electric at short, you know? I know Kuyu doesn't play short, but he's more of like a really good player, leader. Kind of think about, you know, Dansby Swanson with a little bit more contact is kind of the level of player I think he could be. There's a few guys in this game that I'm really excited to watch, and I know you guys are excited to watch all of them, yeah. but Jake, your Orioles are killing it these days, but I, I feel like is it sustainable this year? Probably not, but in the future, they have a lot yeah. coming. Um, so I want to ask both of you guys about potential future shortstop of the Baltimore Orioles, Gunnar Henderson, who appears to be an absolute stud. So before you get your bias involved here, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan, talk to me about Gunnar Henderson. Is he the real deal? And what can we expect on Saturday? So 
Henderson, and we can tie this back to the draft, right? High school hitters are so exciting because when you get to enter pro ball and start your pro career that young and start putting up numbers at that, you know, at a younger mm-hmm. age, the way that Volpe didn't initially but still had time to be young for the level when he came back in 2021, Henderson has just dominated just since he's gotten into pro ball. And it's, now he's all the way up to AAA. And he was not necessarily, because Adley was getting all the attention, of course, Grayson yeah. Rodriguez. Now, he was a high draft pick, but he has kind of been weirdly under the radar. Yeah. And now that we've had a lot of prospect graduations, now we're looking around like, how many how many prospects are better than Gunnar Henderson? It's, it's not many. Well, this is a big thing, big narrative for this Futures game, is we had the top five prospects in baseball are currently from last year's list are all in the big leagues. Yeah. Adley Rushman, Bobby Wood Jr., Julio Rodriguez, Spencer, Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green, they're all gone. And so that leaves a void at the top of the list, and this Futures game is really almost a changing of the guard of the next generation of top prospects, and Gunnar Henderson is definitely on that list. Now, is he a shortstop? Meh, probably we'll not. <laughs> but he can really, really hit. Yeah. Awesome. So I want to give you guys... I'm going to ask you both this. One player besides the two we have talked about, Volpe and Gunnar Henderson, that you and everybody at home should be most excited to watch tonight at the Futures game. Jordan, I'll start with you. Uh, I don't don't want to take... No, I'm going to pick a different one. I'm going to swerve. You take that one. Okay. Oh. I will go then with Jackson Chorio of the Milwaukee Brewers. And the reason why I'm going to take Jackson Chorio is because a year ago, I had never heard of this young gentleman <laughs> named Jackson Churio. And I follow this stuff very closely. It's all he does. It's, uh, it's it all I do. Is all Jordan, he doesn't talk to me. <laughs> he just has spreadsheets with draft names. It's, it's not wrong, right? But Jackson Churio, who is younger than Drew Jones, so keep that in mind, he's the youngest player in this game, by far, Milwaukee Brewers. Younger than prospects. high school Younger, players. He is younger than the high school, some of the high schoolers that will wow. be selected uh, in this year's draft. And he's already in the pro ball and he's killing it. You know, he's an A ball and he is the kind of electric outfield talent like an Acuna type. Now, look, we don't, we're not thinking about him that level, right? And he got a good amount of money when he signed out of Venezuela, but. Man, I the, for him to go this quickly, and I, I was like, are they already going to invite Jack Turner to this game? And I'm glad he's here. I, I can't wait to see him. And, okay. and especially, you know, one of the best parts of future game is, is you know the batting practice and seeing guys take oh, yeah. in in big league parks. So I can't wait to see a guy like him take awesome. swings. Jake, I'm excited about Cardinals shortstop prospect Mason Wynn. Mm-hmm. Here is why: the awesome types of players in the big leagues that we have right now. A lot of them, they're all great, but a lot of them are kind of the same mold. This long, tall, wiry, super freak athlete, think Correa, Tatis Acuna, like that kind of build. Big power, right? Plays a good shortstop. Mason Wynn is not that type of athlete. He's more like, he's like 5'11", like built, yeah, sturdy, right. but quick twitch. And he was throwing 96 off the oh. mound in high school. Some teams thought of him as a two-way prospect. The Cardinals were like, you know what? We think you're a pitcher, but we're going to let you hit. For a year, go ahead. And he crushed it. He was awesome. And now, in his second year, he's been just as good. He's stealing a ton of bases, awesome runner. And it's not, it's not like overwhelming power. It's like good, not great. But the bat-to-ball skills for a kid coming out of high school are unbelievable. And the arm from short yeah. is great. <laughs> and so I'm excited for him because it's a different type of great player, right? Yeah. Bat-to-ball, yeah. let the legs work, awesome defense, awesome arm at short. And maybe one day he might pitch a little bit too. Oh, we'll see. Oh, and then last one, just very quickly. Ellie De La Cruz, oh. Cincinnati Reds. If you've heard of O'Neill Cruz, you I've, like the I vibe. I've heard of him. Tall, 
we maybe call him. Maybe we've even seen him. Maybe we've even seen him. Hard tough to <laughs> He's in the big leagues finally. <laughs> they called him up. Uh, in my mind, he's baseball Giannis, is how I think of O'Neill Cruz, wow. right? He's baseball Giannis. Ellie Dilla Cruz with the with the Reds is a more O'Neill Cruz version of O'Neill Cruz. He's tall. Not that tall. He's, 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 he's close. Tall. It's the tall, lanky, crazy pop. Yeah. Absurd speed for a guy his switch size. Hitter. Switch hitter. Like, really volatile. He could either be O'Neill Cruz or he could never make it to double A. <laughs> and okay. looks like he is going to be the real deal. All right. Well, let's move on. I'm glad you guys have joined me to talk draft preview and futures game preview. Draft Sunday, futures game a little bit later today. But before you guys go, we're going to get to some trivia. Oh. Now, All with right. this trivia segment, Uh-oh. we didn't want to go a buzzer route. We didn't want to go a hand-raising route. We are going to go the route of, when you know the answer, blurt it. And okay. I am participating as well. I don't know these questions. Okay. So, this is blurt life? This is blurt life. Dude, as a kid All with right, ADHD man. who took this, like, people said, don't blurt. I'm ready to blurt. <laughs> ben, I'm let's blurt. Let's blurt. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready All to right. go. So let's get to this trivia. I believe producer Raya is here to walk us through this. What's up, Raya? She is. What's and, up? Uh, Bring it on. Make let's, us feel stupid. Let's see how we can do. All right. Hopefully you guys have been studying uh, for this. Let's go ahead nope. and get into it. All baseball have ever. Have you guys been studying? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's the range we're working with? I crammed. Oh, boy. All right. Let's do it. So first question. Who is the only player to steal home in an all-star game? Uh, I'll go with Jackie Robinson. He has the most steals of home ever. Uh, That is incorrect. I'll go Pete Rose because he did dumb stuff. Pete Rose is a good guess. Pete Rose is another good guess. Um, That is also incorrect. I think it was more recently, but I can't remember. I don't know. Ichiro. I don't know this one. All right, so the answer is Hall of Famer, Pi Trainer. Oh, oh Pi. We should have known. We, oh, it's we pie, used to watch dude. him play back Growing up. Yeah, Wasn't dude. Pi Trainer playing before All-Star Games? <laughs> in my <laughs> head, like that was the... like before All-Star Games were even happening. But okay. No, no, Pi guy. No, I mean, I'm sure that's right. But... 3.14 right, Trainer. Okay, or, yeah, exactly. All right. Which current all-star is from the Bahamas? Oh, Jazz Chisholm. Oh, Chisholm Jr. Jazz Chisholm Jr. No, 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 no. That's me. Come Timing, on. I think. Ty goes to the host. That's true. <laughs> oh, so, you do, so you do have yeah. a home field advantage. Okay, good to All know. All right, good next question. Who is the only player in MLB draft history to be taken number one overall twice? Oh, Ooh. this was in like the 70s. Oh, no. Wait, I think I know this one. This is... Oh my goodness! This is bad. This is this DJ Serhoff. So Goodwin. No, it's good. Why does that name come to mind? Goodwin. Goodwin. That's correct. Huh? Danny Goodwin. Dan- Danny. Wow. I, that Danny was like Goodwin. random. Wow. I know some random there trivia. There Not you go. much of it, but I, I knew. <laughs> I knew that one. Ben. Yeah, nice to Ben's got some books up in the library. There's like random. We do stuff. not have the year. Oh man. All right, you guys. Wait for the next oh, question? I don't know that. I have no idea the year. I just know yeah, some random well, I, trivia. I think it was. All right, let's do it. All right. This player made his MLB debut 24 hours after being drafted by the San Diego Padres Dave in 1972. Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts yeah. is correct. You're on a roll, man. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't know that either. All right, Jake and Jordan, time to step it up. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. This is... <laughs> is <laughs> All right, we, next we know. We, we I'm know surprised we're, you guys we're, did, we're, uh, 24 hours within, and it's Dave Roberts, famous. You know. Never heard of him. All right, so Detroit Tigers and Houston Adros legend Justin Verlander Who? Uh, was taken number two overall in the 2004 draft. 
Which high school shortstop turned MLB reliever Matt was Bush. taken number one <laughs> overall? Matt Bush. Is nice. Let's go. Don't get me started. Yeah, we won't get started on Matt Bush. Go read that Wikipedia page, pretty, everyone. He's pretty good in the eighth. All right, so we have two <laughs> more than questions Justin left, Rillard? guys. Probably not. All right, which player was the first Hall of Famer to be drafted first overall? Ooh, that's a great question. Mm. First Hall of Famer to be drafted first overall. I'll say Griffey. That is correct. Oh, Let's go. Okay. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. I cheated. I was cheating off of Jordan. It, his you shirt. were in the back of the, his shirt. shirt. Yeah. <laughs> last question. I want to see who really is the MLB trivia king. I mean, right? it's, it's clearly it's not me. Okay. Jeez. Which Detroit Tigers legend was drafted in the 14th round of the 2014 MLB draft? No. <laughs> <laughs> Who had it? No, 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 rare, 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 rare. Legend is doing a lot of work there. He's a legend. Ben is truly a legend in my eyes. Certainly, okay. certainly a Lakeland legend. Yeah, but yo, it doesn't say what Florida State what League. Florida State legend. League. Florida State League icon. It doesn't oh, say. Oh, baby. We got Whoa, it up on the this? screen here. And here he is, the legend himself, Ben wow. Verlander. Shouts out to ODU. ODU. Shouts out Vinny Pasquantino. Yeah, we got, got we got Look at this. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. This is my signing. Oh Monarchs my god. Baseball. I remember this was you, you guys listening can't watch this, but if you want to watch, go on YouTube. But there's a picture up in the wall right now of my signing day picture. I look like I was 21 because I was 21 years old. <laughs> I was signing. They put a like a, a Velcro hat next to me on the desk. Oh, they yeah. gave me a Tigers They couldn't pen. even give you the real, and the real this was thing. This was the real deal, though. I was no. like, I, I went in and signed right after our first rounder that year, which was Jonathan Crawford yes, from, from University Florida. of Florida. Yes. And uh, signed right after him. And I was like, all right, cool. We're signing the same contract. You got paid like $5 million. <laughs> I'm not getting same $5 million. Sheet, same sheet of paper, though. But the same sheet of paper that just says wow. a different number on it. Uh, Rhea, do you have the picture when Jordan got drafted? <laughs> yeah, come on. Um, I don't have that, but you both are also legends in my eyes oh, as well. So wow. happy to have Make, you both here on the show. That's worth, um, that's before you guys more. finish up, one, thank you all for coming on. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. But I have one more trivia question for you guys. And you can blurt out the answer if you want. But ben who, Verlander. <laughs> who is in Royals history the greatest two-sports star there ever was? I'm glad you said uh, that. I almost wore my Bo Jackson shirt. It is Bo Jackson. Well, that oh. leads perfectly into what we have now. Leading into All-Star Games for MLB on Fox, I have been telling a few different stories that you kids may not know about. This one is of the legend of two-sport star, one of the greatest athletes to ever live, Bo Jackson. So let's hear that story now. The MLB All-Star Game is coming up on July 19th on Fox Sports. To get you pumped, here's one of the greatest all-star game moments that you kids may not know about. He winds up playing uh, football. I, I just, I don't know if there's ever been anyone do Hey. He's remarkable, and look at that one. Bo Jackson says hello. It's the 1989 All-Star Game. Two-sport juggernaut Bo Jackson steps up to the plate in the first inning and blasts a low and inside sinker into the stratosphere for a 450-foot home run. It's not an easy task describing just how big of a moment this was to the American sports fan. Today, fans watch big moments on social media just after they happen, and nearly every NFL and MLB game is available through a cable network or streaming service. But in 1989, much of the nation didn't have regular access to Jackson's two sport highlights. On July 11, 1989, nearly 26 million people tuned into the game, 
fascinated by this athletic enigma. Bo was that year's leading vote getter. He did not disappoint. Even the guys on the field that day were in awe. After the game, Tony Gwynn said, it was unbelievable. A sinker down and in, running in on his hands. He inside outs at 450 feet. Who else in this league can do that? Who else in baseball can do that? Who else on this earth can do that? Tony Gwynn is one of the greatest hitters of all time saying that about Bo Jackson. It was in this moment in 1989 MLB All-Star Game that really propelled Bo Jackson into becoming the sports icon that he was then and still remains today. Bo Jackson, certainly perhaps the greatest two sports star, the greatest athlete that we have ever seen. I just wish, one, I could have watched him play, but two, that his career wasn't cut short due to injury. But really cool story, that All-Star Game home run was sick. And I just wanted to thank again Jake and Jordan for joining me. Make sure you tune into both of those things, the Futures Game and the Draft, coming up in just a little while this weekend. But to finish up the show, got a fun top five segment, my top five favorite All-Star Game moments in history. And I want to start at number five. I have Cal Ripken Jr. in 2001, his last All-Star game. He was slated to play third base. That's the All-Star game that Alex Rodriguez came out, moved him over to short for his final All-Star game. He gets a massive standing ovation from the crowd in his first at bat. And within seconds of that standing ovation, he hits the home run to left field. The place went absolutely Nuts. It was one of my first memories from a baseball all-star game watching that one. Really cool. Got that one at number five. Moving on to number four, Ichiro Suzuki's Inside the Park home run in 2007. I have this one here. One, because it was the only Inside the Park home run in all-star game history. It happened at Oracle Park, which at the time wasn't Oracle, but the Giants Stadium hit out there in right field, which is weird and very difficult to play for a right fielder that doesn't really know or it's not really their home place. It's a it's a inside the parker out there to right field. I was also there in attendance for this one, so it makes it even more extra special for me. The one at the time inside the park home run in All-Star Game history. I was there to watch it live. Really cool fun fact. I was sitting right behind Derek Jeter's dad during that All-Star Game, and I had a drink in my cup holder right in front of me, and he accidentally put his hand in my drink, and I couldn't drink anymore, but pretty cool story to me at least. Number three. All-Star Game moments, Pedro Martinez in 1999 just struck out everyone. And this is pitching in front of his home crowd. He was so dominant. He struck out Barry Larkin, Larry Walker, Sammy Sosa, and Mark McGuire all in order to start the game. It was just a really cool moment. I have that one here at number three. At number two. Torrey Hunter robbing Barry Bonds of a home run in the All-Star Game. 2002, Barry Bonds was on top of the world. It looked like he was going to give the NL the lead in the All-Star Game early in the game. But Torrey Hunter went, made a sick play, left at the right time. Like, when you think home run robbery, this was a rob. Like, one of those sick ones. Not like I'm standing there and then I jump up and was it going to go over or not? This was going to go over. It was a sick catch. Torrey Hunter, one of the best defensive center fielders of all time, ends up running in. Barry Bonds picks him up on his shoulder, throws him over his back, and then they just shared a laugh there. But just a really cool moment in All-Star Game history. One of the most iconic moments. But next, and number one for me, the best All-Star Game moment of all time, 
It's Shohei Otani and what he did in 2021. He participated in the Home Run Derby. He started on the mound for the American League, and he led off. The only time in history that a player has ever started the All-Star game as both a pitcher and a hitter. He also participated in the Home Run Derby. I was there for that All-Star game live, up and up close and personal. And it's one of those things where when you're a fan of a team sitting there, when your player comes up, you cheer really loud for them. When Shohei Otani did anything in that All-Star game last year, Everybody was on their feet. He is transforming the game of baseball. And last year, we saw him take on an all-star game like it had never been taken on before. And for that reason, Shohei Otani is my top all-star game moment in history. But my friends, that does it for this episode of Flippin' Bats. This has been a lot of fun. Futures game. Draft all coming at you soon, and then Home Run Derby All-Star Game coming at you as well. I will have you covered for all of that. I hope you guys learned a little bit about the draft. You're ready for the Futures game. Stay tuned. We have so much coming. A Home Run Derby preview show, an All-Star Game show, an All-Star Game recap. This is going to be a blast of a week, and we will have you all covered right here. Hope you appreciate everything coming at you. Make sure you like, subscribe, anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever it may be. We're also on all social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. That's at Flippin' Bats Pod. We also have a YouTube where you can watch every single episode as well. Flippin' Bats Pod there. Thank you all for joining in. This has been a lot of fun, and I will see you next time on Flippin' Bats.